think so often in our ritual of church and what we like to do when we come to the house of God that sometimes maybe even with our best intention we forget that the sole purpose of coming into the house of God is to meet and to find the presence of God. I want to meet with him in this place today. There's a great, tremendous presence of the Lord that's in this house today. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that you didn't just come into an empty building today? Aren't you thankful you didn't just come to a social gathering, a place to be seen and to see, but you came into a place where the glory of God was here waiting and ready to meet whatever need that you had when you walked in this building. I don't know about you, but that still awes me today. That still wows me and overwhelms me today when I think about a God that's mindful of my very need. One writer said, what is man that you would even be thank, thanking of him, that you would even be mindful of him? But God, in his divine glory and wisdom, got up and showed himself present in this place today, knowing exactly what you would walk in with. Aren't you thankful for that today? Give him a hand clap of praise. God is good to us. While you're standing, I'm going to go quickly to the word of the Lord today. Amen. As Brother Rory has said, we miss Pastor. And uh, we pray that they have safe travels on their way home. Amen. A lot of folks at the wedding. But we're thankful you're here and the Lord's here. And uh, we're going to have a good time in the Holy Ghost today. Amen. If you'll help me preach, I think the Lord will meet with us in this place today. Do something special in this house. Amen. Psalms chapter 42. Psalms chapter 42. Verse number 5. Thank you for all the prayers, all the messages, all of the things that you sent. In the recent passing of my uncle, uh, both out, I let my mother see all of those. And uh, we appreciate the prayers of this church. And uh, we're praying for everyone that's been affected and touched by loss from this virus and uh, the Lord's going to help us isn't he he's going to help us I just believe that in Jesus name amen amen Psalms 42 and 5 very familiar uh, verse one of my favorite verses and uh, I'm going to attempt to try to preach a little faith in this house today and see if the Lord will help us in this place David writing said why art thou cast down Oh, my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Verse 11, he said again, Why art thou cast down, O oh my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. In case you didn't get it in 43 and 5, David recorded it just one more time. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope 
thou in God. Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Three times David penned a question that I want us to take as our text and our subject today. Why art thou cast down? We're going to make it personal today and preach. Why am I cast down? Why am I cast down? If you will, lift your voice with me. Let's pray. Ask the Lord to anoint and direct the remainder of this service. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word today that's anointed. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come into your house. I pray, God, that you would anoint the lips of clay today, God, to deliver what you've laid upon my spirit for this people. God, you know every situation. You know every circumstance. You know every person and every need that's in this place today. I pray, God, that through this word, you would begin to stir up some faith within us, oh Lord, that we can leave this place with encouragement, Lord, and strength that we so desperately need in this hour. We'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory. We give it to you in Jesus' name, we pray. Why don't you clap your hands and thank him today for his word. Shout unto him with a voice of triumph today. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated today. The psalmist David is a masterful writer. His teachings are so eloquent and his words have such great oratory that even when we find him writing correctively, we are captured by his gifting with the pen. So as I try to lay a foundation this morning, I caution you right off the bat Don't get sidetracked in the awe of articulate writing, but try to tune in and truly hear what is being communicated in these three similar yet very distinct verses. For this this morning that we have read is more than just persuasive speaking. This is more than redundant rhetoric today, but this is insight from a man that knows exactly what he is talking about. Long before this message today gets to us and arrives here this morning in such a pretty package with all its beauty and with all of its grace, David has preached this word to himself. Now I could hang around there for a little while, but I won't. Let me say this, if this pandemic that we have been living in has proven anything to us, it should be this, that we better learn His Word and we better hide His Word deep in our spirit and we better guard that Word with all of our might because when the preacher can't be there and service as usual can't go on, we better be able somewhere in our relationship with God to pull a word out for ourselves when we find ourselves in trouble. 
And that is exactly what David was doing in this verse. He was preaching to himself. But hear me, when David began to preach this to himself, it didn't come in some passive, some unassertive, some docile voice as to soothe himself in a tough situation, not on your life. Because though this verse is pretty, and though this verse is poetic, and it reads well, its power today comes from the understanding of its author. And David, here this morning, in these verses we have read, is preaching to himself, not for the purpose of just sermonizing, but he is trying to wake up his own dying soul because David understands that in this moment, in this condition that he now occupies and in the state that he now sits, if he stays there, he will surely die. What I love about David is instead of sulking or moping and instead of feeling sorry for himself and pouting, he starts preaching. Come on, somebody. Because the pout is never going to get you out. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you've got to learn to preach to yourself when everything else is against you. When the winds are blowing and the storm has come, you can choose to sit and pout if you want to. But may I submit to you today, if you can learn how to preach to yourself in your time of trouble, you may find some help might show up. And David starts preaching to himself. He starts preaching himself out of his own misery. And I love it because it's like listening to a seasoned preacher encourage a struggling saint. And his faith starts challenging his fear. And his hope starts warring against his despair. Come on. I can hear him this morning as he begins to preach. Can I just be David for a few moments this morning? Can I just pretend like I'm him and preach to myself like I think he was preaching to himself? Would you allow me to do that for just a moment this morning? I can hear him as he says, come on, son, those troubles won't last forever. I can hear him as he says, come on, David, this exile that you are in is not your final destination. I can hear him say, hey, man, the rejoicing of the enemy has come to soon it's too soon for them it's in vain because this is not what God has said about me and the more he preaches I believe the more he begins to remember and he, he, he says to himself hey David don't you remember that oil Anybody remember the story of when they came to anoint David as the next king and they brought all the brothers in before Samuel and they left David out in the shepherd's field, didn't even invite him to the party. But as that preacher was getting ready to pour that oil, God stayed that oil and they waited until David got there and God made sure that the oil flowed over the right head and I can hear David as he says, 
Don't you remember? It was your head that the oil was poured on. Come on, son. You're an anointed vessel. Don't you remember how it felt when the anointing came on you for the first time? And he starts remembering a little bit uh, about the anointing. Uh, and he starts remembering uh, about that old giant. Uh, anybody remember Goliath? Uh, how he came out to challenge uh, the host of the army uh, of Israel. And they had everyone shaking uh, in their sandals. Uh, but it was David uh, that walked out on the field uh, with a slingshot and a name. Uh, and I can hear him say, hey man, uh, don't you remember the name? Don't you remember how uh, whenever Everybody else was in fear. You stood on a name and you slayed the giant that everybody else was afraid of. Don't you remember that? hear himself asking where's the name come on if it was good enough then it's got to be good enough now anybody remember Ziklag come on David and his armies had been out at war they came home to Ziklag which was their home to find that the Philistines had come they had taken all of their wives and their children captive burned the city they walked in to nothing but rubble and I can hear David as he begins to remember all my family was gone. It was so bad everybody wanted to kill me. But from the ashes I began to encourage myself in the Lord. Come on somebody. Oh we went. We recovered everything that the enemy had stolen. Come on I can hear him as he's preaching to himself to remember all of these things. And I believe somewhere in that, David, ask himself, is that not the same God that you serve today? And the preaching starts to push back the fear. And by now, he's beginning to get it because he's remembering. And his preaching begins to take on a different sound. And I can hear him as he begins to challenge himself. And he starts speaking to his current situation. And that's where we step into the message this morning at these three verses David has preached himself to a realization and then to a question if he's still the same God then why am I cast down David starts chastising or chiding his own self because he knows hey look where I have Come on, somebody. Sometimes you've got to remember where you've been. Look what the Lord has done. You've got to let your memory run back. And you've got to remember that not one time has he left you or forsaken you. Not one time has God abandoned you in the middle of your trouble. And David starts preaching to himself. And he produced a revelation that we all need today. That man can fight against me. And situations and circumstances circumstances may knock the breath out of me temporarily Satan can tempt me and try me but only I can allow myself to get in this position because this is one position that will end the story because the position David now sits in is not one of defeat at the hands of his enemies this is not a position that you occupy 
by the actions of anyone else. And that's why it is such a dangerous place to be. See, this position is only occupied by reaction. Let me preach to you just a few moments this morning. Be careful that you never forget his goodness. Be careful that you never see the problems bigger than you see God because the enemy today is banking on your reaction. Hear me this morning. Don't ever lose your faith when you face trouble. Nothing is wrong with you because everything isn't perfect in your life. Where you lose is when you begin to believe the report that's been brought against you. I'm preaching to somebody in this place today. You're just one preaching session away from stepping out of the problem and stepping out of the trouble that you are find yourself in today. Come on somebody. You've got to let your faith arise. You've got to find your voice again and begin to declare the goodness and the mercy and the glory of God. See, whether you believe it or not, we're preaching to ourselves already. But some of us have got to change the message that we're preaching to ourselves. Come on, somebody. You are not defeated. Stop preaching yourself defeated. Come on, you are not about to be destroyed. You are not hopeless. You need to stop preaching those things to yourself. You need to stop preaching your own funeral today and start preaching your comeback story because your God is able today to pull you out and bring you out. David is challenging his own faith and he's preaching to himself don't fail in this current dilemma don't let your eyes steal what your heart knows because the only way you can be defeated is to get separated from the shepherd because as long as the shepherd can see you no matter what happens everything else is going to be just fine because what David was preaching to himself is something I'm going to try to relate to us this morning. He had an understanding of what it meant to be cast down. Because there will be moments in your life, there will be moments in all of our lives. I hate to bust your bubble today when we will find ourselves cast down. It's not always going to be easy. Everybody's not always going to be on your team. Everybody's not going to be cheering, yes, go, yes, get it, oh yeah. It's not always going to be easy, but there will be tough days, and there will be trouble, and there will be storms that will come, and you will find yourself in a place of being cast down. The Apostle Paul said it this way, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Only someone as closely acquainted with sheep as David could fully articulate and appreciate the significance and the danger of a cast down sheep. Cast, being cast, or cast down is a term used by Old English shepherds. 
it describes a sheep that has gotten stuck on its back. Trent, come help dad today. What would happen is the sheep would get turned over onto its back. You know what a sheep says? What does a sheep say? Sheep say, bah. All right. So getting in a cast, I want you to remember that because you're going to have to talk like a sheep in a second. So this sheep would get stuck on its back, on your back. We rehearsed this at home. And as this sheep would struggle to roll over and get back on its feet. Don't get on your feet. Just struggle. Try. It would lose its equilibrium. And as its equilibrium continued to get out of balance, it would enter a state of confusion, almost like a trance or a stupor. And in this state, the sheep would just zone out. Just zone out. And it would lay there on its back with its feet and its arms. I guess they're feet and arms. Maybe they're all four feet. Sticking straight up in the air. And the danger for the sheep in this condition is they are extremely vulnerable. They are vulnerable because they are easy prey. And as they struggle, gases begin to build up in their belly. And if they lay there on their back for very long, those gases will begin to cut off all of the blood flow. And before this sheep can even realize what has happened to it, it will lay there and it will die. And it was a common thing for people to come along and just find a sheep somewhere laying there looking like this. Because it had gotten itself in a cast down position and could not get up. Come on, somebody. If it's not found in time, this sheep is going to die. And David was preaching to himself as he was laying in this shape. Why are you here? Why are you in this position? You are anointed. You have been anointed and called by God. You have been used by God. You have seen great victories. You have seen the glory and the power of God. Why are you in this position? David was preaching to himself are you going to allow yourself to die like this is this how you want to be remembered David is this how you want the story to end is this it but like the powerful preacher that he is he begins to flip the narrative because he has come through too much and he has seen God deliver time and time again and he has learned that when I 
I am dark in the dark, the Lord shall be light unto me. When I'm in distress, he's just one call away. And when I have a need, he's my provider. And when I'm sick, he's the great physician. Come on, you're starting to get it today. When I don't know where to go, he knows the way that I should take. When I don't know how to get up, he's the hand that reaches down. When I don't know what I'm going to do, he knows all things today. And I believe he started remembering just 20 some chapters back that word that we love. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Can't you hear him as he's laying in a cast down position, swelling up and about to die. He starts to remember that he can supply all my need. He's the one that took me in the green pastures. He's the one that was beside me in the steel waters he's the one that's restored my soul and though I walk through the very valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for he is with me and his rod and his staff they comfort me come on I can hear him as he begins to preach to himself come on David snap out of the stupor come out of it this morning gets to that line hope thou in God trust the one that you've trusted before trust the one that's never failed you wait on him before you quit praise him for he's the help of my countenance praise him for he can do the work and David began to do the only thing a sheep can do in a cast down position. Because <laughs> see, the only hope that sheep had of coming out of that place was to get the attention of its shepherd. Y'all remember what David was doing before he got anointed? Y'all remember where, where David was when he brought that, uh, they call it, you know, bread and cheese to the brothers? that was scared of Goliath. Y'all remember what David was doing? He was watching his daddy's sheep. <laughs> and as a former shepherd, David understood because he's seen a sheep like that before. That when he saw a sheep like that, he knew exactly what to do. And the only thing a sheep can do when it gets in this position, it's got to start wiggling its legs. It's got to start wiggling its arms because what it's doing is it's getting the attention of the shepherd. But more importantly, it's recirculating the blood. Come on, somebody. Thank God for his blood today. Thank God for the shepherd. But thank God for his blood. That's never failed. And as he begins to flail and as he begins to get the attention, he starts doing the only other thing a sheep can do. Bah. 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 
He's getting the attention of the shepherd. And that's what David started doing. He started to praise. And he started to lift his voice. And he began to call out to the only one that could save him. He knew if I can get the attention of the shepherd, the shepherd is not going to let me die in this position. Come on, somebody. I wish you'd call out to him. I wish you'd cry out to him today. Oh, come on. And when that shepherd would see that sheep in this condition, he didn't wait for the sheep to figure out how to roll over because he couldn't. He's still crazy-headed. Any of y'all ever been dizzy, had vertigo? That's kind of what happens to them. They lose their equilibrium. They don't even know up from down. They don't know left from right. All he has to do is roll over, but he doesn't know left from right. He doesn't know up from down. He has no idea what to do. So that shepherd would go to that sheep, and he would get him, and he would pick him up, and he'd put him back on his legs, and he'd put him right side up, and he would make that sheep to look at him. And he would take that rod, and he would hold it until those circling eyes would come back straight till all of that confusion and all of that disorientedness and all of the fear that it caused him not to know what to do would come back into focus and the first thing he'd see is the shepherd <laughs> And he would know, I'm safe now. I'm in the protection of somebody who knows where I am. And that's what David was saying. Why are you cast down? Thank you, bud. Why are you in this position? Hope thou in God. He is my shepherd. And he's got everything that I need. He's got a rod. He's got a staff. And he's a about to step in to my situation. Come on. Somebody needs to get your arms going and your mouth going and say I will not die in this situation. I will not die in this circumstance but I'm going to get the attention of the only one that can help me today. Come on. I wish you'd preach a little while with me in this house today. Come on. Why am I cast down. Why am I in this position? Don't you have something that you can reach back and get a hold of today that would stir up your faith that God is able, that God is willing and that God can pull you out of it this morning. Give Him praise for a moment. See, some of you are waiting till you can get up. But that's a lie. You don't have to possess the strength. You don't have to figure it out. All you got to do is keep your voice going and your hands going until the shepherd sees you today. And as soon as he sees you, I promise you, he won't leave you in the condition you walked in today. Somebody give him praise in this place. 
Come on, I'm preaching to people that walked in weak. I'm preaching to people that walked in confused. I'm preaching to people that are distressed and you don't know how you're going to get out of it. All you need is your mouth this morning. You remember Bartimaeus? Blind Bartimaeus, we call him. Jesus was coming through the city. Bartimaeus was there. He heard that Jesus was coming. What are you going to do to get to Jesus, Bartimaeus? You're blind. You can't even make it to where he's at. But that blind man sitting in his place had heard about miracles. He had heard about a God that had healed. Surely he had heard that other blinded eyes had been opened. And he began to cry out, Jesus, our son of David, had mercy on me. They told him to hug. They told him to be quiet. They told him Jesus doesn't want to be bothered by you. But he kept on calling and he kept on screaming and he kept on reaching out. And soon that voice caught the ear of Jesus and it arrested him in his tracks. And he found his way to Bartimaeus and he said, I love how they wrote it. faith had made the whole. I don't have to touch you. I don't have to speak. It's your faith. You know what a faith was? It was his voice that he never lost. It was the voice that never quit calling out, Lord, I'm in trouble. Lord, I'm in need. And his voice became his faith that made him whole. Somebody needs to find your voice again in all the enemy's done he's tried to steal your voice but I'm telling you today if you can call out he's right there 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 your voice see we love we love the word that faith cometh by hearing and I'm trying to preach faith to you And I'm trying to get you to hear a word today that'll send some faith. But your faith in your situation is only good if it's communicated by your voice. Because faith does come by hearing, but it's communicated by speaking. And sometimes you got to look at the situation and you got to measure it out against the God that you know. And you've got to let faith speak louder than the trouble and louder than the doubt. I know we've been all not crazy in 2020, and it seems like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. But I'm here to tell you today. None of this has caught God off guard. He knows exactly where we are. He knows exactly what he's doing today. And somebody's faith just needs to say, Hey, Jesus, I'm blind and I don't see it. But if you'll stop by and touch me, I'm going to get up and walk from this place. It's your faith that makes you whole. See, you thought he just responded to your cry. But your cry actually communicates to him that you have faith. The very first thing the enemy tries to do is steal praise. Steal the voice. 
because he understands that as long as you've got a voice, you are communicating to God that I still have faith. Come on, I didn't walk in here today with everything together. But I got faith that if I'll come in and I'll lift my hands and I'll sing the songs of Zion as they lead us, that something can happen internally. Something can take place and transpire in my spirit. Oh, come on. And when that cast down sheep would cry, that shepherd would go to him and it would do what I uh, example through uh, Trent today. He'll get them up and he'll bring them out of all of that. And that sheep can regain its composure and all of the confusion and all the fear and all the anxiety and all the worry would disappear when the focus gets back on the shepherd what I felt led to come into this place today and say is some of us are so overwhelmed come on preach with me just a minute some of us are so overwhelmed we're so distracted and the situations in our world and the situations in our lives have stolen our focus. And because of it, we have lost our balance. We have lost our equilibrium. And spiritually today, if we would be honest, we may have walked in feeling a little wobbly. And we may have walked in feeling a little lightheaded and weak. And it's almost like we are about to faint. It's all because the enemy has come in from every side. And we are desperate today. Anybody just feel desperate in your faith? For a reprieve from all of this. From all of the bad news. 2020 has us all in a mess. Pandemic. Racial unrest. Violence. Division. Evil. Sin. Come on, somebody. And it isn't just because of sin. Sin can put you there for sure. But did you know this? Some of you feeling this way and you don't even know why. I've been faithfully serving the Lord. I've been doing everything I know and I feel this way. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand. Did you know the most at-risk sheep for getting in the cast position is a pregnant one. It's a sheep bearing seed. It's a sheep with a promise. And some of us have been given a word from God. Some of us have been given a promise from God. And there's great things on us and there's great prophecies on us and there's great anointing on us. It just hasn't come to pass yet. We haven't delivered them. And now through the process, we are beginning to question ourselves. And we're beginning to ask. And some of you have asked this recently. The Lord spoke it in my spirit this morning when I was praying. Did God really say that? Did God really tell me that? Did God really promise me that? Did God really say that? I say to you unequivocally as the Lord told me to tell you in prayer this morning. Yes, he said. 
Yes, that thing is still alive. Yes, that word is still true. Yes, that promise is still true. But you can't die in a cast down position. You've got to remember who you serve today. Because the enemy will steal it from you. And he'll make you feel like you've missed it. And now more than ever before, come on, the people of God have got to learn how to enter the sanctuary, praising God and thanking Him for what He has spoken to us. Can't let the enemy steal it from us today. Come on. I'm getting ready to close. I've asked Pastor Rory to close this thing out in prayer. But let me let me know let me let you in on something. Notice something with me. Verse 42 and 5, 42 and 11 and 42 and 43 and 5 all almost say the same thing. First time David pins this, he ends it with for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. But the next two times he ends it for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. First, he praised him because he was the help of his countenance. But then he realized he's the health of my countenance and he's my God. I could go deep, but for time's sake... I'll leave it like this, and I'll just say, the help of His countenance are His face. How I get His face pointed toward me is the health of how my face views Him. (laughs) In other words, my health, my welfare, my well-being must have his help because without his help my health is in trouble come on somebody see the enemy wants you to think that when you come in and you get baptized in Jesus name and you get filled with his spirit that you're supposed to have all of this strength and yes we do get strength from that but your strength still lies in the fact that his face stays turned toward you See, I'm not walking in my own strength today. I'm not walking in an experience I had uh, at an altar. I'm walking in an understanding uh, that as long as my face can see His uh, and I can get my focus back uh, on what really matters, uh, He is my help. Uh, He is my strength. Uh, I don't have to carry this weight uh, by myself. Uh, I don't have to bear this burden uh, on my own. uh, But I've got a God uh, who said I'll take it on my shoulders. I've got a God who said, I'm strong enough. Cast your care on me because I care for you. And I feel so strongly and I'm done that God wants to help the hurting in this place today. The one that's come today and you may not even know how you got here. One that knows if something doesn't change in your life and soon 
you don't feel like you're going to make it, can I tell you there's help for your countenance in this place today. You may not know how you got here, but I've got good news for you. We know how you got here. The Word said that no one can come except the Spirit draw them. Whether you realize it or not, the Spirit began rattling you this morning. It began shaking you this morning. It was a reason you couldn't stay asleep. It was a reason you couldn't stay in the bed. It was a reason you didn't find an excuse. But you got on your clothes and you loaded into your car and you drove to the house of the Lord. You didn't do that today just because you chose to but you did that because the spirit of the Lord said there's going to be a word and I want you to hear it and I want you to get a hold I want you to see my face I want you to find me today so I can get you up out of that position and I can tell you today that he can take the confusion and the weariness and the frustration And he can heal all of the hurting and the loneliness and the brokenness that your life has become. If that's you, I want you to identify it by standing with me today. If that's you, if you walked into this place today and you just need a touch from God, identify it just by standing. I'm not going to have you standing long. But secondly, for those that I gave that other word to, You're here today because you feel like God has birthed something in you. But lately it feels like it's a million miles away. You're just not sure if your faith can even hold on long enough to get it. If that's you, if the Lord has spoke something to you but you haven't seen it yet, I want you to identify that by standing today. All over this building, there's people that said, this word was for me today. God sent a word directly to you in this place. And now as you're standing here, you've identified to God that you have a need. You know what you've effectively done? You've let your voice start crying out. You've let your hands and your feet start signifying, I need a touch from the shepherd today. I'm telling you some blood's about to recirculate and the shepherd's about to step right there in front of where you are. We're not coming to the front today, but there's a God that can meet you right where you are. Just like he did for the cast down sheep. There's a God that's walking through these aisles right now. And he's setting you back up right. And he's put something in your face. And he's saying, focus, focus, focus. Get your eyes on me. Quit thinking about the trouble. Quit thinking about what hasn't happened. And get your focus on me. There's a special anointing in this place. Would you just let your voice begin to open today would you begin to let your praise thank God for what's been said Pastor Roy's going to come and he's going to pray over us for these things today but I wonder before he comes could you let your voice get the attention of the master in this place today come on cry out to him this morning call out to him this morning